views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. to this broadcast of Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. It is a Thursday here in North Carolina. It's July the 4th, 2019. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, tonight, today, rather, I'm, I'm talking about tonight. Uh, yeah, today, rather, this is a topic that has, is very important to me. I wish it was important to many others. And I'm talking about the violent, misogynistic radio programming that comes over publicly FCC licensed airways. Um, I am scheduled to be joined by Kwabana Rasuli of Clear the Airways Project. I haven't been able to get in touch with him this morning. I hope he's okay. If he's not able to join us, uh, I'm certainly capable of covering this topic, but definitely would like to uh, hear from people who's made it their life mission. So shout out to Brother uh, Kwabana and Clear the Airways Project, as well as the other activists and organizations that's focusing on this issue. Um... I don't know if you've seen any recent news coming out of Philadelphia, um, but Philadelphia has been grappling with, I guess you would call it an increase in gun violence. Why else would it make the news? Every day somebody's getting shot and killed um, in the United States. And um, unfortunately, a lot of that's kill that killing is happening in the black community. So Philadelphia... Uh, young people uh, organized a rally not that long ago because uh, they're fed up with the gun violence. And this rally was attended by city officials. I also saw a tweet go out by a, I guess he's a representative in Pennsylvania, perhaps uh, Philadelphia uh, is, his, is in his district. But Representative Dwight Evans on Twitter said it will take a city, state, and federal government all working together to help reduce gun violence in Philadelphia. And he um, tweeted out a photo of himself meeting with the Philadelphia mayor, uh, also the police commissioner, um, another representative, uh, well, three other representatives to discuss what could be done to make our community safer. And when I saw that, I could not help but think about Chicago and the gun violence in Chicago and 
Donald Trump talking about uh, deploying the National Guard to address the gun violence uh, in that city. And, and by the way, you know, Chicago, I don't know about Philly, but Chicago certainly has some of the most restrictive gun laws in the country, but it's not stopping the violence, though. You know, laws do not stop crime. Um, you know, it, it just sim- it's simply a fact. Laws do not stop crime. Laws are not a deterrent. And even prison slavery uh, doesn't seem to be a deterrent uh, to a lot of these people who are engaged in this type of violence. And I, I think the evidence shows that this violent programming of the rap music industry that targets black people and, you know, it, it plays a big role in cultivating a mindset um, to where people uh, see themselves as less than, uh, see themselves as niggas, hoes, bitches, all kind of derogatory terms. And it, it's just sad. It's sad. And it's been time out for that. Um, so, like I said, the officials, uh, several representatives, the mayor, the police commissioner is calling for the city and the state and federal resources to focus on solving that problem. But what they are not talking about is getting the federal government, the FCC, to enforce its rules on on obscene content, which I don't think it should air ever on publicly licensed airways, but um, I guess back in the day when they came up with the rules, there was a compromise um, that would uh, allow vulgar and obscene music. Well, I think obscene music is never supposed to be played, but, you know, this crap music... um, where it refers to people as niggas, bitches, and hoes um, is only supposed to be aired between the hours of 10 p.m. at night and 6 a.m. in the morning. So that means most of the morning hours um, after 6 a.m., all through the afternoon, all through the evening, up until 10 o'clock that night, um, the airways are supposed to be restricted um, to that type of music, but it's not. Um, I don't think that the FCC has ever been serious about uh, enforcing those rules. Now, um, I also want to bring to your attention, which I have in the past before, but there are activists like Kwabna Rasuli, like Bob Law, um, who have been putting in a lot of work to shut down the broadcasting of what I call kill a nigga and train a whole rap music. Um, recently, there was an article that came out concerning Bob Law and, and others uh, who introduced a resolution to the NYC City Council um, to enforce those FCC rules. If the federal government isn't going to enforce them, then I guess it's up to the people putting pressure on their local officials to um, enforce those rules on those radio stations. Um, So definitely this is a very important uh, issue. I just feel like a lot of people don't take it serious, though. I I just feel like that's the case, Um, you know, because we will we'll see Twitter, um, social media uh, up in arms and starting up tweet storms to protest this or protest that or to address this or address that. But. Very, 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 very few people want to address kill a nigga and train a whole rap music. Um, they just, I, for whatever reasons, uh, perhaps they're fanatics 
um, for that type of music. I, I just simply can't put my finger on it. Um, and also a related story I thought was interesting was women in Saudi Arabia are angry about rapper Nicki Minaj being booked to perform at an upcoming music festival in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, I think it's supposed to take place this month. If, if I'm not mistaken, I'll pull up the details of that later when I get more in-depth um, to the story. Um, but just to give you a clue, um, they are mad at the hypocrisy of the male leadership uh, in that country. Now, I have had an opportunity to observe that culture up close and personal um, when I was stationed there in um, during the Gulf War in the 1990s. And so I did have the opportunity. I was stationed uh, in Saudi Arabia near their capital city of Riyadh. So I did have an opportunity uh, when I wasn't on duty to go into the city and, you know, just observe things, eat some food, buy some stuff, and and just observing that, that culture. And one of the things that I will never forget, um, I had wit with a, a female um, who was in my unit, a black female, who wanted to go uptown to buy some perfume and stuff because, you know, they made the perfume right there in the shop and, and what have you. Um, and so she needed an escort, so I escorted her. And so we went to a Wendy's and to sit down and eat. And so we sat in, in the bottom portion. It had like, you know, uh, um, when you first walk in, there's seating, you know, on that level. But then they had a second level. And so we ordered our food, went down to the lower level to sit down and eat. And I guess I wasn't being observant enough or, or whatever, but I noticed that these, these Saudi females was laughing at me. I, I don't know how old they were. Um, probably teenagers or in their 20s or something, and they were laughing at me. And so the black female looks at me and, you know, trying to get my attention to see if I saw these girls laughing at me. And I think that she thought that they were, you know, just uh, flirting with me or whatnot, but that was not the case. Then I looked upstairs and I saw this Saudi man staring at me. Um, with a disgusted look on his face. And that's when I realized that they had segregated seating um, in their public restaurants and, and that I was in the section where the women are supposed to see, uh, sit and eat and the males are supposed to go up top. And so even when I realized that, I was not going to leave her side. Um, I was her escort. I wasn't going to leave her or leave her side or anything like that. Um, but women are treated like second-class citizens there. Um, very restrictive, very conservative um, society in, in Saudi Arabia. So these women are mad that uh, rapper Nicki Minaj has been booked to perform at that upcoming uh, music festival uh, along with some other artists. Um, so those are the stories I want to uh, cover today. Um, today will not be a two-hour broadcast um, still got a lot of work to do. I'm behind on so much stuff. I, I swear I wish I had a staff, um, but uh, unfortunately I don't at this time because we can't afford one. But speaking of that, please continue to support the nonprofit Black Talk Media Project, which manages the Black Talk Radio Network and the social media community, uh, BTR community. Um, it is 
$24 a year to get a subscription to BTR community. All proceeds go to the nonprofit Black Talk Media Project. If you are not one of those people uh, who are into social media, um, but you still want to support the nonprofit and therefore all the different projects that uh, we are involved in around media, um, you will see donate buttons um, to keep us online, uh, keep us broadcasting, keep us building, keep us networking um, to address this problem in, of the lack of um, constructive black media. You can make a donation via uh, those PayPal links. You don't have to have a PayPal account. You can use a credit or a debit card if you so choose. Uh, you can make a one-time donation or you can set up a monthly donation. Um, I have been able to obtain some um, advertisers, um, but it is like on a commission type uh, basis. Um, although um, I have uh, gotten some paid advertisement uh, in the past, in the recent past, uh, but yeah, um, anything that you purchase that's on that's uh, through the links uh, for those advertisements, um, Black Talk Media Project will make a commission on those. Um, so definitely, you know, if you're in, in the market for engagement rings and fine women jewelry, Gabriel and co, uh, you'll see their links as well um, as they reached out at, and wanted to establish that relationship with us. Uh, 5% of your purchases will go towards the Black Talk Media Project as long as you go through those links and make the purchase within 120 days. All right, so... Uh, where should I start first? Let me start, um, as I was stating, Dwight Evans, Representative Dwight Evans, um, he's, he tweeted out what he tweeted out. Uh, they seem to be taking this gun violence serious. Um, but again, I will say if they're looking at um, put passing more restrictive uh, gun laws, well, the history shows that passing laws don't don't affect crime. Um, doesn't reduce crime. It doesn't reduce violence. Um, it doesn't reduce anything. All it, it does is provide a mechanism for if you do certain things um, for uh, you to be prosecuted and punished through the criminal uh, justice system. Um, but in terms of stopping crime, no, they don't. Death penalty does not uh, prevent murders. No, it doesn't. So um, anyway, I'm like, what are these people going to come up with? What are these officials? Uh, what are these state officials? What are the city officials? What are the federal um, officials? What are they working on? And what might that look like? What might their solution look like? We know it's not laws. Um, will they be calling for the National Guard to come out and patrol the black community uh, to stop all of this sen uh, senseless gun violence. I mean, we got children being shot down at graduation parties. You know, that that had just happened in Charlotte uh, last week. Um, in Philadelphia, um, you know, it was a graduation party. Um, people shot it up. I, I just, man, I, I'm just so tired of it, man. And we act like we're afraid to address it because we're embarrassed by it. Um, because we don't want to give ammunition to the Republicans and the conservatives and the racists 
uh, who always used that as a way to uh, take shots at the black community. So we'll act, some of us will act like it ain't happening, you know, out of mind, out of sight. But we'll certainly talk about the violence of police against black people. We'll talk about white supremacist violence against black people. But when it comes to black people doing violence to each other, oh, that's sort of taboo. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to address that, you know. And it, it just time out for that. It's time out for that. That's kind of hypocritical when you really think about it. Um, you know, you're willing to speak to all sorts of violence directed at our community, but then um, when those who are doing the violence look like us, we want to ignore it. Why? I, I don't know, and people might be embarrassed, like I you know, just stated. Um, so, I, you know, when you don't handle your own business, somebody else will come in and handle it for you. And I'm afraid that's what's going to happen. And then it's not going to be um, something that we want. Um, certainly, we don't want the military and the National Guard is the military. Uh, we don't want the military uh, stationing troops in our community. So what are we going to do about it? Um Last night on New Abolitionist Radio, we had a great panel discussion, had about, what, five or six panelists, and the issue did come up. Now, New Abolitionist Radio uh, focuses on 21st century slavery and human trafficking, and committing gun violence in the community is something that will end you up in 21st century slavery and human trafficking, um, but, you know, a couple of the panelists um, did touch upon the issue of the violence uh, that we do to each other in our community. Brother Jihad, uh, who was a um, who is a Black Panthers alumni, uh, talked about um, back in the '60s, back in the '70s, even in the eighty or '80s, uh, how the Black Panthers would address these these young people um, in the community engaged in crime. Um, engaged in harming other people in the community, and they got out there, and I don't want to use the word confront, um, even though it would be an accurate word to use, but they went out there, and they talked to these people, and they let them know that this was unacceptable behavior. Um, we can't be fighting wars on two fronts. We can't be fighting against the brutality of the police and then fighting the brutality of our own people um, directed at us at the same time. That, that's losing battle right there. We can't fight on two different fronts. We don't have the resources. We don't have the manpower to do that. And it's just time out for, for that. Um, Sister Basir um, was talking about you know, uh, the violence as well. She's in the New York City uh, area, and she was talking about the violence as well and says she tried to talk to these young people. A lot of times they want to be disrespectful, and, and, but that's the programming. That's the programming, as I uh, iterated last night. Yes, we are, uh, according to um, the late great um, psych, uh, psych psychologist, um, I don't know if that's the proper term, psychiatrist or psychologist, but uh, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, I, I remember asking her two years ago or so before she passed, might have been three years ago, are we responsible, we, meaning black people, responsible for our own co code of conduct behind the enemy lines of USA Inc.? Uh, under, you know, the jurisdiction of white supremacy? And she said, absolutely, we are. 
And and so, you know, there are some people, and they're entitled to their opinions. You know, we're not always going to be in agreement, um, but they want to place the blame solely on white supremacists. Um, you know, it, it it's not like, um, let's use the, no, I'm not going to use that film, um, where we were in chains on a plantation. Let's say they was looking for some in- entertainment. So they forced two bucks to fight each other for uh, their entertainment. It's not like that today. Unless you in a prison plantation where the guards will uh, and have done that. Um, but um, nobody's making us do anything to each other in our communities. Now, I did say, and I'm going to say again, that ultimately white supremacists are are ultimately responsible because they are in charge. They are in control. Um, They are in control of the programming. And I know how powerful media is or else I wouldn't have been wasting my time for the past um, 11 going on 12 years um, facilitating black independent media. If I didn't think that it was worthwhile and if I didn't think that it was a powerful tool, if used properly. Um, Well, black media, and I wouldn't even call it black media, although there are some black-owned radio stations that play this killer nigga and train a whole rap music 24-7. But a lot of those stations targeting black communities are not owned by black people. They're white uh, corporations like iHeartRadio, Clear Channel and what have you and 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 so programming when little children um grow up and they're taking that in their spirit and yeah i believe parents should do a better job in monitoring uh what they see but a lot of these parents grew up programmed with that same crap um i, I would say it really got bad during the 90s and so when you have a parent who don't see an issue with the music um, they'll be in the car rapping right along with their child, rapping these vulgar lyrics and, and what have you. I'm seeing people, you know, take pictures of their little children with guns and, and bulletproof vests and, and what have you, copying uh, some of these performers, because that's what they are. Um, a lot of them aren't even, I wouldn't even call them artists, um, because I don't define what they're making as art. Um, and and so, you know, these performers uh, even put out those type of images. And so then you have people who are programmed with a mindset to see black men as niggas, um, to see black women as hoes or, or women to be trained to be hoes and, and bitches and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, um, we, need, we need to solve this problem. And... So one of the ways that the activists are addressing the problem is going to the city councils and um, Brother Kwabna has been on before and, and talked about uh, different cities, but a resolution has been put out um, in New York City. Now, I need to get some more details on this, and I'll try to get some on this, but for example, uh, this article from Inside Radio dot com um which came out on july the first new york hip-hop stations are targeted by activists and it says new york city's hip-hop stations are being assailed 
by activists, um, that choice of words, I, I don't know about being a cell. We're the ones that's being a cell by this violent, vulgar, misogynistic music. Um, New York City's hip-hop stations are being a cell by activists who claim the music they air degrades women. Now, that's not a claim. That's a fact. That's a fact. Okay? And so, it, again, let me just pause for a second. See, this isn't just a local problem. This is a global problem. This is an industry problem. As you can see just by reading this, um, whoever wrote this as it doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have an author's name on this, just published on InsideRadio.com. And, um, you know, they're using questionable language. Oh, the activists are out there assailing hip-hop stations, assaulting hip-hop stations with these claims that the music they play degrades women. Well, all you have to do is listen to the music. And you can tell, and, and, and if you are not a liar, then you can't help but admit that it degrades uh, women. And it's not even all being made by men. There are women performers out there uh, performing degrading music towards women. So anyway, radio host Bob Law has introduced a city council resolution which seeks to limit the airing of indecent and profane music on hip-hop radio stations between the so-called safe hours of 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. So let's look up the definition. I I don't presume that everybody knows the definition or words that they hear or we even use. So let's look what what is profane? What is this music profane? Um let me see profane related or devoted to that which is not sacred or biblical, secular rather than religious. Um let me see the second one of a person or their behavior, not respectful. Um let me see uh, as a verb to treat something sacred with irreverence or disrespect. So I'm going to ask you the question, do you find our, our women to be sacred? Um, do you think that they are to be treasured? Or do you think that we should use profane language uh, to um, direct at them and, and describe them? Okay, I, I don't think I should have to Look up the definition for people on uh, indecent, but I'm going to go ahead and, and do it anyway. Um, and indecent, the dictionary uh, definition, let me see, they giving me some other kind of uh, stuff. Dictionary. We want the dictionary definition. Not conforming, not conforming with generally accepted standards of behavior or propriety. Obscene. The film was grossly indecent, not appropriate or fitting. Now, here, here's the problem with that definition as it relates to what I'm talking about today. It has become generally accepted behavior. It has been uh, an accepted standard in the music industry. Indecent music is the accepted Standard. It's the promoted standard. It's the promoted behavior. Indecency. It's promoted every day, 24-7, on Kill a Nigga and Train a Whole Radio. So, um, this type of music, it, unfortunately, is acceptable, but um, we have to um, redefine 
uh, what's normal. And that is not normal behavior. I don't think it's, it should be looked upon as normal behavior. I don't think it should be normal that uh, people getting killed every day, um, innocent people, bystanders, um, little kids getting shot in their beds at night because somebody did a drive-by and sprayed the house. No, we cannot allow that to remain normalized behavior. And we have to do some self-reflection and we have to ask ourselves, uh, uh, what, what do we want our communities to look like? You know, what type of environment do we want in our communities? Now, you know, I remember that um, after the latest Million Man uh, March um, that happened in Washington, D.C., um, Louis Farrakhan, Minister Louis Farrakhan led, and he talked about uh, raising up some soldiers, a 10,000 soldier army, to stand in the community between the violence that we do to each other and the violence that the police is doing to us. I interviewed one person who took that serious, who was in the Nation of Islam. Um, I can't remember how long ago that was. It was shortly after. Um, and this person was promoting his stuff on social media. I believe he was in the Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee area. Uh, don't quote me on that. But I interviewed the brother because I was like, here's a brother who's not just talking, who is actually getting out there trying to do this stuff, trying to mediate, you know, uh, uh, between mediate or, or engage in conflict resolution in, in our community and get out there in the streets. Unfortunately, he was the only one that I heard about. He is the only one. And I haven't heard Mr. Farrakhan say nothing else about it. So I, I guess, you know, that 10,000 uh, strong army is not, uh, you know, going to be created. I thought it was a wonderful idea. Um, but unfortunately, you know, it wasn't acted upon. I don't know if it was a lack of volunteers or, or what. I can't answer that question. Um, but I thought it was a good idea because, again, it was recreating what the Black Panthers did. So let, let me jump to um, uh, Philadelphia because these young people are, are getting fed up uh, with their peers committing all of this violence in their community. Um, so this comes to you from CBS Philly, uh, Channel 3 out, out of Philly. Um, look at each other as human beings. Now, this is a white man saying this. This is the mayor that said this. Um, you know, because I guess maybe if y'all hear from the old saying goes, well, maybe if a white man tells them, then they'll do it or they'll believe it because they don't seem to listen to us. But that's why we talk about train, you know, this type of music that constantly calling uh, black people niggas. Niggas is a dehumanizing term. It ain't no term of love because you, if it was a term of, of love, you wouldn't be talking about shooting niggas in the face. Okay? So let's just stop with the lies. Alright? You know, the context in which it's used in this music is not endearing or anything of the sort. Um, and, and so here, this white man telling you to look at each other as human beings. Um, of course, he didn't say stop looking at each other as niggas. Um, but anyway, um, um, they're not even addressing the music, but let, let me just read this article for you. Um, let me stop some of these videos for a second. For it locks up my computer. 
Uh, young people converged on Philadelphia's Love Park Tuesday. They're uniting against violence and calling on people to put the guns down. The peace rally was organized by two young men. They say they organized this peace rally because the people responsible for a lot of these shootings look just like them and they're saying enough is enough. The people that are doing the shootings are our age. They look like us. They talk like us. They walk like us. Organizer Jawar Don said, it's no secret. Gun violence knows Philadelphia all too well. But young people in the city are saying enough is enough and choosing love. On Father's Day, there was a shooting at my younger brother's graduation party. Unfortunately, a young man passed away. He was only 24 years old, and the sole provider of his household organizer, uh, um, Chek Diwara, said um, that victim had no ties with criminal activity but was still shot and killed just minding his own business. That's why his loved ones are calling on Philadelphians to stand for peace. I'm going to uh, play this clip. Let me stop this video as well. Uh, let me play this clip from the CBS report with Kimberly Davis uh, reporting. So uh, let me just get that where it needs to be and unmute it. Them and their hope. Okay, y'all give me a second, please. Here we go. Let me see. Together to take a stand. They're uniting against violence and calling on others to put the guns down. Our Kimberly Davis attended today's anti-violence rally. She's on the Art Museum steps tonight. Kimberly? Yuki, good evening. Two young men organized this peace rally because they say the ones responsible for the shootings look just like them, and they're hoping to be the change amongst their peers. The people that, that are doing the shootings are our age. They look like us, talk like us, they, they walk like us. It's no secret. Gun violence knows Philadelphia all too well. But young people in the city are saying enough is enough and are choosing love. On Father's Day, there was a shooting at my younger brother's graduation party. And, um, you know, unfortunately, a young man, Aishak Amite, passed away. He was 24 years old. He was a sober proprietor of his household. That victim had no ties with criminal activity, but was still shot and killed just minding his own business. That's why his loved ones are calling on Philadelphians to stand for peace. If you want to put the gun down, that's cool. I got a hammer and a nail for you. Let's teach you how to build a house. Because I feel like that's the biggest thing that we have to tell our kids. Mayor Jim Kenney agrees. We really, we really do love you. We, we love you and we need you. Uh, I'm, I'm getting old and at some point in time all of us are going to be, be retired somewhere and you're going to have to run the city and run the state and run this country. Mayor Kenny's message resonated with the crowd. If the young people are not here when they retire, who are we going to have to run the city? If we don't have anyone to run the city, we don't have a city. If we don't have anyone to run the state, we don't have a state. Organizers hope participants really do stand for peace and take that message back into their Philadelphia communities. The youth are taking a stand and we are not okay with what's going on right now. There is a fundraiser happening this Sunday to help the family of that young man who was shot and killed at that graduation party. Head over to cbsphilly.com for more information. Reporting live in Center City, I'm Kimberly Davis, CBS 3 Eyewitness News. Kimberly, thank you. Okay, so that was, that was the report from CBS News. I have a link to this article so you can get more information about that fundraiser. This uh, article came out two days ago. 
Um, so since today is Thursday, that means that the fundraiser event is going to happen this coming Sunday. And I hope that Philadelphians will turn out for that. You know, um, there was recently a conference held in Charlotte, North Carolina, by um, a couple of activists. One of them I, I know. He's from Gaston County, but he works all over um, the state. And, um, you know, they had a conference uh, addressing gun violence in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is a problem that is going on all over um, the country, especially in, in urban areas. And it, it's time out for ignoring the problem and then coming back and say, well, white people kill each other too. Well, I ain't concerned about white people killing each other. We know that, that, you know, but the fact is, is that victims of violent crimes are usually victimized by someone who looks like them. So I ain't concerned about what white people are doing to each other. I'm concerned about what we are doing to each other. Now, nowhere in any of these reports was the programming uh, reference. The killer nigga uh, train up a hoe rap music coming out over the publicly licensed airways is, is not being addressed by these people going to these conferences in in. Uh, what have you? I don't. I don't know why uh, that is. Uh, it's not for the lack of people putting in work and, and trying to uh, raise this issue. Um, let me see. We got Quabina joining us. Um, I didn't think you was gonna make it, bro. But thank you for uh, you know calling in. Uh, we got Quabina Rasulia clear the airways. I don't know how long you've been uh, listening, bro. Um, but I just got through with the report out of Philly where the young people had a um, a little event addressing the problem of gun violence and saying that they're they're fed up. Um, also, um, as I shared with you yesterday, you got this representative, Dwight Evans, in a meeting with the mayor of Philly, the police commissioner, and three other federal representatives representing, uh, I guess, different parts of 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 uh, Pennsylvania um, who are saying it's going to take a city, state, and federal government uh, working together to help uh, reduce gun violence in uh, Philly. But like I was saying, what is that going to look like? You know, when we don't handle our own business and solve our own problems, then um, we other people uh, will come in and the solutions they come up with, uh, we may not like. So um, that's where I'm at right now. So uh, good morning to you, bro. Hey, good morning, Scotty. Appreciate you, you know, definitely keeping this issue on point because it is a very important issue um, in Philadelphia and Chicago and Atlanta and D.C. You know, it's all over the country where, we're, you know, we're being shot and killed. You know, I just watched, and we talked about this earlier, I just watched the Nipsey Hussle video that the sister who lives in D.C. from L.A. shared. And it was the same old violence, same old disrespecting women, same old stuff. And it's like... It's being normalized and popularized in the music, man, as we talk about a lot. And so in Chicago, there was like 52 people shot last weekend. 52 people shot. And if it was 52, I guarantee you 46 of them look like you and I. And Chicago's population is not 98%. Or what would that be, like 94%, something like that. We're not that percentage of the people in Chicago. But that, that's like every weekend. And so the mayor out there, much like the, the officials in, in Philly, you know, she's been the new mayor, uh, Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, she's been yeah, Lori Lightfoot. meeting with 
yeah, meeting with the police every week to go over what happened, what went right, what didn't go right. And, you know, just dealing with the police, the police, the police. And they got 150 more police out there doing what they do. And like you said, some of their actions may be stuff that we don't like. And they've been, we've been having a large police presence. And I can't think of the sister's name, but she was on with a Roland Martin a while ago talking about, you know, these increase in police patrols in our community help lead to the violence. That, that's part of the problem with the violence, all these police there. So, and she was going at it because they arrest so many fathers and so many daddies to get the numbers up. And then who's there to truly discipline the children? Because we don't do the shootings and the killings when the police are riding by. We wait till they're gone, you know? Right. Wait till they're gone. So, man, uh, yeah, so I think that that's, that's good that people are understanding this issue and that the young folks are meeting and talking about it, too. Yeah, but also, though, um, Brother Kwabner, though, it seems, though, outside of the, and I would call it a small community of activists that you work with, um, outside of you all, nobody's talking about the programming. Nobody, I just played a clip from uh, Philadelphia CBS News, and, you know, they was interviewing the two young brothers, and, and this is not a criticism of them because you don't know what you don't know, and perhaps nobody has spoken to them about the the role that the radio programming plays in why, you know, then you got the mayor, the white mayor saying, uh, look at each other as human beings. Now, of course, he didn't say and stop calling each other niggas, but that's part of the problem. And and so outside of your community uh, of activists, I don't really see anybody um, taking on the programming. Now, do I think that alone will stop the violence? No, it's always going to be some violence, but I think it will help reduce this violence if people aren't being programmed to be killers, if people aren't being programmed to be hoes and, and all kind of derogatory uh, uh, dehumanized beings. And so, um, you know, I had just read what Bob Law did, and maybe you have these details, uh, Bob Law and the other activists, now, when it, it the way the article read was like uh, Mr. Law had introduced a resolution. Um, now, was this like I know he's not on the New York City Council, so did he like uh, write up a resolution, um, get a sponsor on the City Council, and then you know the City Council is going to vote on it, um, and then you know what do you see in terms of uh, enforcement? Is there going to be an enforcement arm? I know it's still early uh, and whatnot, but you know what can you tell us about that? Actually, it was a resolution that was introduced to New York City Council by uh, Council Person Inez Barron, Councilwoman Inez Barron. Uh, you know, she, you know Charles Barron, her, her husband. And uh, uh, I can't recall the sister's name, but a, a new um, council member was out there with her, plus his brother from the Bronx, who, who spoke very eloquently about the history of hip hop and how it's been distorted and how messed up it is. So he was there too. And uh, of course, Brother Bob, and, you know, we were there. We had a chance to share some some uh, our thoughts about the music and talk about how that resolution, similar resolution, was passed in Gary, Indiana. And initially, in Wilmington, Delaware, which is in the Philadelphia area, uh, and our comrades from Rage Against the Ratchet, uh, Carvin Hagen's Harold Russell, out of Philadelphia, out of that area, uh, who were putting in some good work. You talk about groups putting in work. I mean, they had people coming out uh, on the iHeart and those ratchet stations out there. And so, yeah, so that was, I mean, this is the biggest city in the country. 
So Wilmington, Delaware, and, and Gary, Indiana, yeah, we're close to Philly, we're close to Chicago, but this is the biggest city in the country. And, you know, Detroit has this resolution, one similar. Uh, Chicago has it. Other places have it. They know of it, but we just can't get them to, to understand the importance of this. And the, at least all we need is one person. Inez Bears was one person who put it forth. You know, we pushed from the National Black Leadership Alliance, uh, the National Congress of Black Women, um, you know, with Bob and uh, our sister Dr. Ife Williams, respectively. And so, and we had, we got comrades in Philly right now. So, so there's people who know, but we just got to get more of them to push uh, to push it out there. With the year, I think it was 2016, when 12 Africans every day, or 12 people were being shot every day in Chicago, and probably 11.5 of them were Africans. But every day, my father asked the question. I went to Louisiana, and he asked the question. He was like, man, what do you think of the number of shootings that would be happening if this music wasn't on GCI and 92.3 with all this violent, vulgar music? I said, you know, it's a big city, just like you said. So it probably maybe be, maybe be like three or four people shot a day, maybe two or three. You know, there'll be plenty of days when nobody's shot. And we celebrate out here when there's days when nobody is shot. You know, but that, you know, and I still believe that. If that music wasn't saying I got 32,000 in one pocket and my Glock in the other pocket, if that music wasn't saying that, I, I, I truly believe these killings would go down 80%. I truly believe shootings would go down 70, 80% if the music wasn't pushing us to shoot and kill us, each other. Music is culture. Culture is a people's way of life. Mm -hmm. Today, as we, if we're celebrating this as our Independence Day or not, you know, which is ignorance, which is another story, but there'll be music playing everywhere. On our way to the store to get the, get the junk we're gonna be eating, on, in, in the car, outside, even if we're in the house. Music, music is everywhere, and it's so, it's a damn shame that black music that's been popularized and force-fed to us, that it drops so many N-bombs on us, that it calls our women out their name, that it encourages us to shoot and kill each other, Scotty. That's a shame, dude, and it has to stop. And so we need to understand the impact of our behavior and how that plays a role in our behavior. It plays a role in my behavior. I'm, I'm be straight up, I'm gonna tell you, mm. all my life, since I've been aware of music, it's been playing a big role in my behavior. Mm. Yeah, um, Public Enemy actually had a huge impact on my politicization. Um, you know, making me socially conscious. You just, made, you just made up a new one there. Uh, yeah, I think I did there. I stumbled over my <laughs> words sometimes, but uh, no, they politicized, you know, they politicized me, um, made me start paying attention to politics. Plus, I was in the Army, um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, eight, 87 is when I went in, and, and then I'm seeing some of my... Uh, uh, acquaintances being deployed to this region and that region, I'm like, man, I need to start paying attention to why we being sent here and there. But um, I started, you know, heavily getting into Public Enemy, and they led me to read Malcolm X's biography, which led me to get out the military and, and what have you. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, uh, thank you, Public Enemy, Chuck D, and the boys for the impact that you had on that part of my life. But I want to go back to something you said. Though. Now, I didn't really come out strong on this because, you know, uh, I was trying to be sensitive to people's feelings and what have you. But you mentioned Nipsey Russell earlier. And when he first got shot and killed, I had never, I heard, what's that? 
you said Nipsey Russell like like we all like. Oh man, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm yeah. Great, great comedian, <laughs> I just put. I just did the same thing Donald Trump did because <laughs> you know I grew. <laughs> Farrakhan did it a couple times when he spoke, so they told him what I do it, so, I mean, hey, it's Nipsey, yeah, but I'm sorry, go ahead, brother. Yeah, but uh, this Nipsey Hussle, I had never heard his music, I only heard his name a couple of times, but I don't listen to that to that type of genre uh, anyway, so it's no surprise I had never heard of him, so I said, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pull up some of his music, and, I'm li- and then I pull it up and I'm like, dang. Now, this brother was saying that he was out here to stop the violence and stop the gang violence and bring peace to the streets and what have you. But does he not understand that he's producing uh, Killer Nigga, Train a Hole, uh, rap music um, that plays these brothers when they probably uh, doing drive-bys on each other, they probably playing that music. You know what I'm saying? And and so, you know, and and now... I'm looking at all these articles coming out, and a lot of it, they're profiting off of his death. Death. Why I need to hear the 911 call that somebody made to call the police? You know, that's 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 the white media profiting off of black death and what have you. But like you said, now I haven't seen this tribute video, but you're telling me that it's promoting the same ratchetness? No, this wasn't a tribute video. This is a regular video, uh, music video he did that, that I was... But, you know, you got DJ Khaled and his cultural bandit, ratchet, ignorant ass, uh, putting out a video on him. And, and, you know, but I have comrades and friends who, you know, share pictures when they go to L.A. and they're going by the spot on Slauson and, and Crenshaw that Nipsey had purses in the hood uh, taking pictures. Of, they had never heard of Nipsey Hussle. I'm going to tell you, you know, I do hip-hop. I heard of, I heard very little Nipsey Hussle, but I was always uh, pushed. And, man, play some of Nipsey. Listen to Nipsey because I got people out in L.A., you know, that's where I'm from who know him, who work with him, and he's a good brother. And I said, yeah, you're right, but let me check out his music. But when I checked out his music, like you said, the N-bomb, the B-bomb, the violence, I just, that ain't just, that just ain't what we do. Now, we appreciate him for, for being in, 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 in the neighborhood and, and opening up business and doing some positive stuff. Now, I mean, don't say that, but the music, the thing that got you over, the thing that, that we deal with, you know, it, it left something to be desired. And, and it ain't just Nipsey, man. People always bringing up Kendrick Lamar, always bringing up J. Cole, your homeboy down in North Carolina, always bringing up these artists that drop these. I mean, don't y'all know the impact of that, the most dangerous, despicable, horrific word in the history of, of, of English or any other language? If you were African, if you're a person of African descent, that word should be, you should never call yourself or your people that word. Never. Now, if, if, you know, to say not to use the word, bury it. I'm not saying that because I don't think we should bury that word because it's, it's history. But don't call yourself that. Don't call your people that. And so a lot of these rappers still do that, man. And, and like the brother out of uh, out of England, so I can't think of his name right now, but he's a, a professor and a rapper. He said it's a death sentence mm-hmm. because it's a dehumanizing word. And, you know, my brother who, who also lives in L.A. right now, works in the Compton School District, he asked this question. When these brothers and sisters meet their demise out here in these streets out here in Babylon, what is the last word you think they hear or that they were called? Is it their name? Is it brother? Is it sister? Is it man? Is it woman? Or is it in? Or is it an N-bomb dropped on? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the oh, N-bomb. Now, N. Oh, let that N go. You got them ends? Yep. So that's the last word in most cases that they hear is that word. And that's probably the last word most of us heard when we were being lynched. 
by these beasts down south who put that who taught us to hate ourselves. Probably the last word we heard. Well, you know, um, now you got ties in L.A., um, so I I don't I don't know what's going on in, on the ground in L.A., but his death was you know kind of um, sparked the peace movement and some self reflection for a moment. Um, so I don't know if that peace is holding in L.A. or if you know it is back to. Um, the behavior that is so self-destructive, um, you know, with all of these shootings and what have you. And, you know, all of these people on Twitter was paying tribute and, and you know, saying that uh, we need to carry forth what he stood for and, and all this and that. And then, you know, um, now a few weeks or, or so have passed and we back to shooting each other. You know, it, it's just, it's time out for it, um, Brother Kwabna time out for it and, and and I don't know this rapper I meant to look him up the other day it's a white rapper his name is Russ do you know who that is no I've been getting a lot a lot of people been putting that on our page he's, he's saying the same thing we've been saying but he's a white rapper you're right right so I, I, no I'm not sure of Russ I haven't, I've been so busy like I haven't had a chance to look him up but I've been seeing it on my page like on our pages like people a lot of people been sharing that with us Yes, that's what we've been saying that for years. I'm, I'm hoping. Right. I'm hoping because he's white, maybe it'll be the same thing, and maybe okay, maybe they'll listen now. <laughs> maybe they'll listen to us. For those that don't know, this is what he said, and and I don't know, brother Quabner, if he had listened to an episode of Black Talk Radio News where I was discussing this issue, and it was the last program with you, matter of fact, and I was talking about Brother Speech's documentary, The Nigger Factory. And and then, you know, how he points to the white people in charge of the music industry. And so then now you got this white rapper coming out saying that these old white men is exploiting, you know, uh, black youth and, and, and bringing them into the industry to, you know, represent the worst qualities of, of you know, uh, of the community and what have you. And, and, and I had even tweeted out on Twitter. I said, I took a shot at at them, the white people in charge, and I was like, you know, it's just a shame that y'all are taking um, some of the most impoverished among us, giving them a little bit of money, giving them a career so that they can then come on talk, talking about uh, 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 engaging in all kind of negativity, all kind of bad behavior, all kind of, uh, um, you know, stuff that that's killing us, you know? And so, like you just said, I was like, okay, um, maybe people will start listening to, since this white man said it, here's this white man. He says he's a guest in hip hop, but I'm just going to tell y'all, uh, white men is in control of hip hop. And that's the reason why it's so negative. And they pick the artists that they do. Now, is that going to cause people to start boycotting these stations or boycotting these corporations like Walmart's, McDonald's, Subway, and any other uh, uh, business that is advertising, which means they're underwriting uh, uh, this programming? Um, I, I don't, it's, it, it remains to be seen. I don't know, Brother Kwabner. And it does, brother. But the, the the bottom line, man, like you said, I mean, there was a, a white woman who heard her daughter's song a couple of years ago uh, on her on her device, 
and she was crying, and she had a long little piece on, on this and how messed up that music is. And I, we were hoping at that time, okay, you know, maybe that 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 may make a difference. But it's such a such a, a multi-million dollar industry, so they're making money off of it. But also, I think their the main diabolical scheme is to destroy us, <laughs> destroy the psyche of the masses of our people. And you start when they're young. And so what it's doing is leading to us killing each other, like we have these issues in, in Philadelphia, like the 52 people shot last week in Chicago, and two sisters were just shot the night before last. It's, it just, man, it, and, and again, and when you hear back, like, I mean, we may have mentioned this last time we spoke. Uh, we've been doing this survey, and we continued on. We were in Detroit last weekend. We asked the question of brothers and sisters. I was at the hotel, and three sisters got in there with me. They're about 18 to 20 years old, 20, early 20s. So I asked them, so y'all got to ask, ask this question for me. What percentage of the music that you listen to drops in bombs on us? Uh, 80, 90? What percentage of the music that y'all listen to and party to call out women B's and H's? Ah, uh, 100. Uh, so what percentage of the music that you listen to brags on and encourages us to shoot and kill each other? Oh, about the same? I said, don't y'all think that's a damn shame? And they're like, yeah. So, you know, we t- told them about our movement, asked the same thing to some brothers that we saw a little later on, and we've been getting the same answers all around. And we followed up, but don't y'all think there's something wrong with it, with that? And I don't care who they are, all of them agree, all our people agree that there is a definitely something wrong with this. Definitely something wrong with these Europeans, like Russ talked about, like we've been talking about, like he talked about, like Baba talked about, like Paris talked about, like Yassine Bey talks about, that with them pushing that and promoting and pushing that poison on our people. I mean, even even if it didn't, I was talking to Bob Law the other day, and he, this is what he said, is that even if they don't agree, even though we have the data, we know it plays a role in this violence and this disrespect of our people. But even if it didn't, even if you believe it didn't, do you believe, really believe that this is good for our people and our children to have to party and dance, to being called ends, to being, to being called, to being denigrated and demeaned in our music? Do you mm-hmm. believe that's good? Right. Come on, man. It can't be. Um, speaking of white men, let me um, share this quote from the mayor of Philadelphia, Jim Kenney. Um, look at each other as human beings. Look at each other as someone's child, someone's grandchild, nephew, brother, sister. And let's just put these guns down and stop this. And we'll try to provide the resources that we can to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to meet their potential. So, uh, again, you know, um, it, it, it shouldn't take a white man to tell us what we already know. Um, but when are we going to start uh, taking action? Because I would have asked those young people that agreed that all of that music is calling them, you know, derogatory names. It's encouraging people to shoot and kill. Um, well, why do you listen to it? That's what the, that's what we need to study on. Why do you listen to it? Is it because that's the only thing on the stations? Um, you know, that you listen to? Is that the 90% of the programming? Is that the reason you listen to it? Is it because of the censorship of life-affirming positive music? Because like you had mentioned, Bob Law say, yeah, it is about censorship. It's about censoring the positive life-affirming music as opposed to this death-confirming uh, 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 music. So, um, yeah, um, I want to shift gears for a second um, because I do. Before before that, I just want to say something because that's the same thing these radio, these European-owned radio stations, the two of them in Chicago, 
that specifically target our youth. There's only two of them. One of them is owned by Crawford, which when they play Christian um, conservative talk music all around the country, all around the country. But when it comes to Chicago, they got R&B station, a gospel station, and they play that poison for our youth on Power 92.3. And the No Heart station in Chicago, WGCI, both of those European owned stations, they have a, a, a saying that they say, it says, put the guns down. And, and, and when I say iHeart, iHeart is just like the station in Philadelphia, Power 99.9. And the last time we were in Philadelphia, they do a top nine at nine on Power 99.9. So we heard the song, it was first we heard the song, uh, uh, what was it called? It was called Rover 2.0. And this is a song about doing a drive-by in a Range Rover. Uh, and, and also, um, your poop, wait, the top is missing off your coup, and so is your boo. We got her, and now she's going to eat our whole crew. So they kidnap your girl. They're going to make her go down on your whole crew. And then uh, 21 Savage comes on. That's a song by Black Boy JB and 21 Savage. He comes on later on his voice, verse and says, we done with your, with your B, come get her. We done with your B, come get her. And this is the top nine at nine on Power 99 in Philadelphia. And so that was number nine. Number eight was the Yellow Beezy, uh, Yellow Beezy song, where he talks about how his, uh, his, his God got a beam on him that's going to hit you in the spleen. He's going to hit you in the spleen. Oh, uh, baby girl, wait. Baby girl, uh, swallow me, deep throat me, gargle me. That's another line in that song. No cursing in it, so you hear all those, you hear all those words on the song on the radio. Baby girl, and that's, when you say baby girl, to me that's a child. Baby girl, swallow me deep throat me, gargle me. Now, not only is that vile and vulgar and, 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 you know, and horrible, but it's also something that is, that will lead to violence if you do that to somebody's young sister or somebody. And that stuff leads to violence. And so you saying put the guns down, I guess that's part of this quote, that's what they say all the time. And then right, right after that, they play this vile, vulgar music. And our, youth, our children get it. We have our struggles, but I'm serious, most of the time with these adults. The children understand us. A lot of them, they hit me to the unconscious artist. The youth, a lot of the youth, because a lot of them are tired of that crap. A lot of them are tired of that crap. We've got to be organized and realize that they can do something about it. I agree. I agree. I would, and I was encouraged to see these two young brothers lead this effort um, in Philadelphia to say enough is enough. We're tired of this, and um, y'all need to put them guns down. But I want to change uh, gears for a second. Um, this will be the last uh, story because I got somewhere I need to be. But speaking of culture, I, Brother Quabner, when I first came on, I recounted my experience um, with the gender segregation uh, in Saudi Arabia. So, you know, I shared this article with you last night, and I'm going to share it with the listening audience. Um, hip-hop star Nicki Minaj to perform in Saudi Arabia. Very, very conservative. Uh, bro, listen. We, whenever um, the women that was in my unit, or they couldn't go uptown or nowhere by themselves. And they couldn't have their sleeves rolled up. One girl made a mistake and went downtown and had on, um, uh, had her, her sleeves rolled up. Um, the religious police, that's what we called them, uh, grabbed this girl. They didn't care if she was a U.S. soldier or nothing like that. And they painted her arms red and then sent her back on base. So that's how conservative they are. But they also hypocrites because there was a huge market for, uh, 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 prostitutes from 
of Europe, yep. from the United States, yep. where these oil sheets or whatnot to bring them in the country and put take them out and, and have these sex parties and stuff like that. So a lot of a lot of hypocrisy in what's going on. But um, some of these people are angry about Nicki Minaj being uh, scheduled to perform there. So let me read a little bit. Saudi Arabia said Wednesday that hip-hop star Nicki Minaj will perform in the ultra-conservative kingdom as it shares decades of restrictions on entertainment. The female rapper is known for an outlandish, provocative style in hits like Anaconda, where she raps about her big, fat backside. Her lyrics are often laced with profanities and her skin-bearing music videos often include twerking. <coughs> Let me jump ahead. Um, <clears throat> Saudi organizers announced she would be the headline act at the Jeddah World Fest on July the 18th. The concert, which in line with Saudi laws, is alcohol and drug free. It's open to people 16 and older and will take place at the King Abdullah Sports Stadium in the Red Sea City. Uh, let me see. Reactions on social media range from shock enjoy to criticism and disappointment. In a profanity-laced video posted on Twitter and viewed more than 37,000 times, a Saudi woman wearing a loose headscarf accuses the Saudi government of hypocrisy for inviting Minaj to perform but requiring women who attend the concert to wear the modest full-length robe known as the abia. Uh, most Saudi women also veil their hair and faces. She's going to go and shake her ass and all her songs are indecent and about sex and shaking ass. And then you tell me to wear the abaya, the Saudi woman says, what the hell? Saudi organizers said the concert will be broadcast globally and covered by MTV. Other performers include British artist Liam Payne, American DJ Steve Oyokai. Um, the kingdom is also promising quick electronic visas for international visitors who want to attend. Now, morality police, I call them, we used to call them religious police. Such concerts are a stark change from when Saudi morality police would raid establishment that played loud music. Gender segregation between single men and women is still enforced in many restaurants, coffee shops, public schools, and universities, but other rules have loosened with women now allowed to drive and attend events in sports stadiums. So, you know, that's good. I witnessed that oppression of those women firsthand. But let me tell you, um, uh, bringing Nicki Minaj in to perform her indecent uh, perform uh, uh, profane uh, performance is not a plus for these women. This is not some kind of, of achievement that should be celebrated uh, in Saudi Arabia. Um, now, again, that's a very brutal um, society. And to me, this just points to the hypocrisy of those men in that country, man, uh, 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 where they treat those women like their property. So I, I, I guess, you know, um, Secretly, they probably are Minaj fans and what have you. But what what are your thoughts on on what that young woman had to say? I I, I agree with the young woman, man. It's like it's a shame on how our images are put out there, not just in the U.S. but all around the all around the world. I mean, again, when we do this work, we ask people what are who are the four 
female artists that we're constantly inundated with. It used to be three uh, up until two years ago, and they all get it right. They all say, um, we have to push them a little bit sometimes to say Rihanna, but it's Rihanna, Beyonce, Nikki Garbage, and Cardi B gone. And so they are, and, and again, for Saudi Arabia to do that, that's kind of shocking, man. But I saw the article last night. We'll see what comes out of it. Maybe they'll cancel it. Maybe they won't. But she's an embarrassment to our race. She is an embarrassment to our people. She's a tool of European domination, an embarrassment to our people. But so many sisters, like I mentioned, the sister I was in the elevator with, got in another elevator with a sister. She had a Cardi B gone shirt on. Tell me how she she likes it and all that. I said, oh, she's doing damage to our community. She's doing what? very much damage to our community. And so, oh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say is, I wonder if they gonna make her uh, Nikki perform in a abaya, you know that full length robe or whatever. I wonder if they gonna restrict her from twerking and whatnot. So of course they, they, they may they may do that, Scotty. Yeah, and they may do that. But then then you know she's a sellout to what she so strongly believes in. She's just doing this stuff for money. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then oh, yeah. what what kind of solidarity? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what kind of solidarity is this showing these women? You know, like the our activist said, we for, we're forced, not that she wants to shake her ass and wear, you know, uh, 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 no clothes and what have you and expose herself. Um, but, you know, um, what kind of solidarity is Nicki Minaj showing for these oppressed women in, in that country? Um, she's just feeding she into none. their oppression because they're nothing but sex objects. Yeah, she has none. That's what she promotes. I mean, I just look at right now going on in New Orleans. The Essence Fest starts, I think, today or tomorrow, and they've invited the city girls out there. You know, they're celebrating Young M.A. and some other ratchet rappers who have a hit. And just like, you know, just, they talk about, you know, she said something about my homosexuality, I'm going to shoot and kill you. And I'm drinking this hard liquor. And, and y'all, Essence Fest, y'all promoting that? Y'all promoting city girls who straight up pornography, straight pornography rappers. Strippers is rapping straight pornography, and it's just uh, hardcore pornography. And they gonna, then there's uh, special guests, artists at the Essence Fest. Mm-hmm. Scotty, bro, we got a lot of work to do, man. I wanted to say, too, before, before you know, you know, you got to roll, too, but just going back to the, the resolution condemning these ratchet killer radio stations in New York, the one in New York, they also have the Breakfast Club. And the Breakfast Club, I heard the Breakfast Club, they're played all around the country. As a matter of fact, I heard right. another morning in Detroit. Right. And that's that same New York, one of those same New York stations. And on the, on the, on the iHeart, No Heart station in Detroit. Well, again, where they're playing, they're doing an interview with uh, one of the, the twins, the Maori twins, about some new show she's doing. But then when they cut to the music, it's a song about, I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to beat your ass in front of your, your friends and your children. And that's the same song where a dude rapped about having the, the cash in one pocket and the Glock in the other pocket, and he's got he's gonna put a seven thousand dollar hit or seven thousand dollar hit on you, and gonna make your partners, your friends, he'll give them the money and they gonna betray you and shoot and kill you for me, you know. So this is what's on the Breakfast Club out of New York being spread all around the country, and so one of the things that we emphasized was the FCC. Because, again, who's going to enforce this? You're talking about government enforcing. And earlier you mentioned how the government has to come in. Well, the government already has rules regulating that. And it said we're not, dealing, we're not trying to circumvent anyone's free speech, but at the same time we have to protect our children. So between 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock at night, you can't play indecent or profane content because our children might be listening. Between 10 o'clock and 6 in the morning, at night, overnight, 
we may let you get away with some of that. But obscene content is never allowed. Never. And I tell you that baby girl, deep throat me, swallow me, uh, that's obscene. And they play that all the time. And so FCC also says that, well, we don't, we, can, we, don't have to, we can't regulate all that. We require the people to file complaints. Mm-hmm. And that, that's something that takes four minutes to do. Um, it's, it's real simple. And I'm going to get my brother Anthony McDonald out of St. Louis who put a form up for us that, that would automatically go right to the FCC and file a complaint for you. See if he can redo that. He did that several years ago. But that's, that's what needs to happen. People need to take the four or five minutes to file this complaint against these beasts who are on our children with this violent pornographic music on our children. And to put a stop to it, Scotty. Hey, any, do, on, on that where you was talking about the brothers set up, you know, the form and um, to uh, file the complaints with the FCC, um, anything the Black Talk Media Project, if I can host it on our server, um, if need be, um, I will. And, and you know, wow. set the website up and then, you know, uh, get the domain name or, or whatever we decide. And uh, Black Talk Media Project will host it on our servers. So I just man, want to brother, put, right on, man. I'm I'm gonna you know, get I'm gonna get a hold of brother McDonald soon, and we see if we can get that back up, man, bro. Scotty, that's that's great, man. We appreciate that. Well, you know, my children appreciate that. Don't appreciate that. It, it takes a village, man. As the old African saying goes, it takes a village. So, brother Quabin, I want to thank you again, man, for all the years of work you've been putting into into this. Um, you know, you really opened up my eyes. I I already had some measure of of awareness of where this music was heading and and you know the death of the really revolutionary music or the censorship of the revolutionary music to make you think and 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 but I really, really didn't hone on to it till I, you know, met you through social media, man. So, you know, you've had an impact on my life as well. And I just want to thank you, bro, for continuing all these years to to never give up, man, and to keep fighting. Um, so I, I do believe that uh, perhaps we will get critical mass and we'll get this stuff banned. Um, from the public airways that's targeting our people. But like Dick Gregory said, though, and when he talked about boycotting Christmas, if you want to get something done by the government, start talking about boycotting Christmas or something like that. If our people would only start boycotting the corporations that advertise, which means they're underwriting this this obscene, vulgar content that's directed at our people, this dehumanizing content. Well, when we hit those corporations in the pocket in their pocketbooks and they stop advertising on those stations, then those stations may change the programming. So thank you again, Brother Quabina, and you be safe out there, man. We know we got a lot of fools out there celebrating the 4th. I ain't going to call them fools, but we got people out there that celebrating the 4th and shooting guns and shooting fireworks at each other. So just be safe out there, bro. Okay, you too, brother. I, I, you may not call them fools. I don't call them confused. <laughs> I'm gonna call it confused. Like confused. <laughs> yes. Like this as your, as your Independence Day. But man, I appreciate you too, man. We're gonna definitely be in touch, man. Appreciate Black Talk Radio, Black Talk Media, and the work that y'all put in for everybody. All right, man. You have a good day. Talk to you soon. My love. You too. All right. That's going to conclude uh, today's broadcast. Mm-hmm. I have an appointment um, that I need to make. 
Um, this is a very important issue. It's something I'm always going to keep bringing attention to. Um, and, you know, we really need to support these organizations that's out there on the front lines of, of combating um, this type of programming. And again, if you if you don't understand the, in, the power of media, there's been plenty of studies done on it. That's why they spend millions of dollars to come up with a 30-second advertisement on, on television and, and pay that kind of money um, to put it during the halftime of the Super Bowl because media has power to manipulate your mind and make you do things. The advertisement agencies know this. That's why they invest so much money in it. And, and so the same applies to the music that we listen to and we need to vanquish this garbage. All right, so I will be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. You've been listening to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed on the Black Talk Radio Network. Please continue to support the media efforts of the nonprofit Black Talk Media Project. Peace and blessings to all. Definitely be safe out there.